Welcome to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lukin, the Financial Dignity Coach. In this podcast, we help you recover a positive and peaceful relationship with your personal finances. We do this by bringing together wise money management with emotional intelligence. Join us for this journey where we navigate our relationship with money as Christine Lucan draws from years of experience and guest experts to help you get to the root of your money issues. Hello and welcome to Money is Emotional with your host, Christine Lucan. Christine, how are you? I am doing fabulous. How are you today? Oh, I'm I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited to be back with you. And I did want to share something with the audience. For those that have been tuning in for a while, you'll get this. If this is your first podcast, you're probably not going to understand this next comment, but that's okay. We'll explain <laughs> it just barely. Christine, I wanted to give you an update. I didn't find anything in the tampon box. No money, huh? <laughs> no money. <laughs> No money. I was curious. You know, I was just curious. Uh, yeah. For, for those that have listened for a while, you'll understand that reference. If you don't understand the reference, that's okay. Go back to a couple episodes ago. Christine spoke about hiding money and uh, where spouses hide money. And, and it was so much fun. And it was a great episode. Uh, but you, you gave me a statistic. I think that a lot of times it's like the majority of women hide things in a tampon box, right? Yeah. Well, because oh. most men don't want to look there, but either your wife is not hiding money from you or she's hiding it somewhere else. Okay. Can, <laughs> I'm going to expand on this because you brought it up. You ready? So so here's the thing is that um, she did tell me because she laughed so hard about that, but she did tell me, you're not going to believe this. I actually do hide like a 20 or a 50 in a pad in her purse because <laughs> because if it, if somebody's rummaging through her purse, you're not going to go there. You're not going to no. look there. And so she does that for like gas money or an emergency money, or if she sees somebody that needs some cash, she'll, she'll give it to them. But she did share that with me. I thought that was so funny. I said, I cannot believe you did that. That just proves my point. Yeah, now, maybe it's 100%. not the tampon box. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's the pad box. Where people are least likely to look. Yeah, just just craziness. Uh, uh, anywho, I thought that was fantastic. But that's not what we came here to talk about today. What's no. the topic for today? Well, today we're going to talk about the best way to pay off debt. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because for a lot of people who want to improve their personal finances, getting rid of debt or getting it to a manageable level is a big goal for a lot of people, especially at the beginning of the year, right? Mm -hmm. We're making these resolutions. You know, if you're listening to this later in the year, it's always a good time to start this process of reducing debt because it can put a strain on you both emotionally and financially. If a big portion of your income is going right back out to pay on debt, that's less money that you have to save and invest and, and spend on the things that are important to you. 100%. And, and I, I would say that money is the one, and debt specifically, is the, the the single most reason I've lost sleep over my entire lifetime. And then my children would be the second reason. Yeah. Yep. No, and I, I know exactly that feeling because mm -hmm. back in my 20s, when I was in all that financial distress and trouble before I hit rock bottom... I lost a lot of sleep oh, yeah. because of my debt. 
And I have people ask me, like, what's the best way? What's the best way to start tackling my debt? And frankly, there's no, quote, one best way. And in fact, there are five different methods that we can pick from to tackle our debt. And I tell people, pick the one that is most emotionally motivating for Mm. you. Because here's the thing. Most of us don't get excited about math. Right. Yeah. You know, we're not going to be like, oh, yes, show me the numbers. Now, usually the people who actually do get excited about that are not the people that have a problem with debt because they'll run the numbers and they'll see the interest rate. And they'll be like, mm-hmm. why would anybody use a credit card? This is stupid. <laughs> yeah. So those people usually don't have problems with excessive debt. The people that that love math and, you know, are calculating interest rates, et cetera. But before we go into the five different ways that we can use to pay off debt, I wanted to kind of give like a precursor to that. So if you want to achieve your goal of being debt free, really step zero is you have to commit to not going into debt any further. That makes sense. Because you can't get out of a hole while you're still digging out the bottom. And I see people say, yeah, I'm, I'm working on reducing my credit card debt, and yet they're still using their credit cards freely. So with many of my clients, we will either put a temporary freeze, temporary hold, on using credit cards while we're working on paying off the debt, switch over to the debit cards. You know, most people don't like using a lot of cash. You know, cash can certainly be good to help control some of your spending that might get out of hand. But I mean, especially like with COVID, people these days are more germaphobic (laughs) than ever. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's like they don't want to carry around a bunch of cash. Maybe they're worried about getting mugged, et cetera. So, you know, switching to the debit cards temporarily can be a good thing. Or if you are going to use your credit cards, you have to commit that you are going to pay those charges in full every month, in addition to your monthly payment, in addition to the extra that you're going to pay on your debt. So first of all, we want to say, okay, how much over and above our monthly payments for our various debts are we going to put towards debt reduction? So first of all, let's not go into any more debt. And then let's decide how much are we committing over and above our monthly payments to tackle our debt. Now, when I talk about this, I'm mostly talking about credit card debt and unsecured debt. I'm not so worried about car payments, mortgages, or things of that nature that are attached to some sort of asset, because usually those interest rates are fairly reasonable. The debt that I'm most worried about is the credit card debt, because when I'm looking at my clients and their credit cards, I mean, I've seen interest rates as high as like 27%. Mm which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's not uncommon to have credit cards with 27, 24, you know, even 15%. That can rack up some pretty serious finance charges. So let's just say for example, for as we go through looking at these different ways that the 
monthly minimum payment on all your credit cards is a thousand dollars. And you've decided that, you know, you're going to tighten up your spending or maybe earn a little more income, et cetera. And you've got an extra $500 on top of that, that you're going to commit. So you're going to pay a total of $1,500 on all of your debt. So the first way to pay off debt is called the avalanche method. Now, this is the one that is most, most mathematically correct. And what you do with this method is you list out all of your debts and you put them in order of the interest rate. So the one at the top of the list is going to have your highest interest rate all the way down the list. The last one on the list is the one that has the lowest interest rate. Mm -hmm. You're going to pay at least the minimum due on everything, but you're going to focus the extra on the one that's on the top of the list. So the one with the highest interest rate. You put all your extra dollars, all your extra focus on paying off that one that is, you know, that has that that big interest rate on it. Now, this is best for the people who are motivated by saving money on interest. So, you know, I said, usually those people are not the ones that get into debt, but sometimes they do, right? No one's perfect. And usually this person is really bothered by seeing that line item on the credit card statement that shows how much interest they're paying. Like that really hurts them deep down mm -hmm. inside to see, oh my gosh, I'm paying $125 in interest just on this one credit card, right? And so let's start adding those up and then they start to get anxious. So that's me. <laughs> you, you, you just described that. I'm that guy. Okay. We, I, I'm a numbers guy and I, I love math and I hate the interest. I hate all that, but life happened, right? And that that's where my my wife and I got into debt and we got we got into a couple situations where it was just life. Life happened, some emergency situations came up. We ended up with a good chunk of debt with some of it on credit cards that were high interest um, mm -hmm. because we quote unquote had to. Now, stepping back from that scenario, maybe there's some other things we could have done or I could have worked a little harder on finding other ways to earn extra cash or whatever. That being said, I'm exactly that guy that you just described. Um, yeah. But, and it was, it was, yeah, it was tough to see those numbers and I gut wrenching. Yeah. And so usually someone like yourself, as you start to see the amount of interest that you're paying decrease, that makes you feel good mm -hmm. and that makes you keep going. Now, for some people, this method doesn't work because if that debt that has the highest interest rate, if that takes a little while to knock it out, you know, maybe it, it takes three months or six months to pay that one off completely, that can be disheartening, hmm. right? They're not really motivated by seeing that interest payment shrink because their list of debts is still the same gotcha. from when they started. And so the second way to pay off debt, which is very popular, is called the snowball method. So you might have heard of this. Yep. You, you list all your debts from the smallest amount to the largest amount. And you attack the little one first. So you're paying at least the monthly minimum due on everything. But on that little debt, 
you're putting as much muscle as you can. So in our example, you're putting that extra $500 towards that little debt. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you might be able to knock one or more of those little debts out in the first month, right? So maybe you've got like a couple of like small medical bills that you can knock two or three things out in the first 30 or 60 days. And, you know, your list went from 10 debts down to seven. That's really motivating for a lot of people. So people who are motivated by quick victories and crossing things off their list, this snowball method is really the way to go. And this is the, I I really like this one because, and I'm sure there's other people out here who do this. If you write things on your to-do list after you've already done them, just so you can check them off, (laughs) the debt snowball is probably for you. (laughs) Oh, I'm so guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) I am that person. I am totally that person. Right on. That's awesome. Uh, so the third way to pay off debt is called the volcano method. Oh, aggressive. (laughs) It it is aggressive. Now, I don't know if I coined this term or if it's been out there or not, but this is what I call it because this is actually what I personally used when I hit financial rock bottom. And you'll probably remember the story. I want to say it was in the probably in the first or the second episode where Mm -hmm. I talked about the Dillard's bill. You know, when I hit financial rock bottom and I left my ex-fiance, he had been an authorized user on my Dillard's card. And the first statement that I got after I left him, there was a charge on there for my Valentine's Day present. (laughs) And I got stuck paying for that. I was so pissed off. Yeah. Every time I saw that Dillard's bill, I mean, I just got ticked off all over again. Mm -hmm. And so I decided, even though it was not the smallest bill, it wasn't the one with the highest interest rate. It was the one I hated the most. And so I wanted to attack that debt and get rid of it because it just felt like this little black cloud that was hanging over my head. And I find that my clients who are coming out of divorce, and maybe they got stuck with a debt that they felt like it's unfair that I got stuck with this one. You know, in the divorce settlement, I feel like my spouse should have taken this one. Or every time I see this, you know, I'm reminded of my ex. Or it could also be a debt that was incurred for a purchase that you regret. Mm. So I've seen this one too. I had uh, a client quite a few years ago that they bought solar panels for their house. And they basically said they they didn't feel like it was a good investment, right? So a mm-hmm. couple of years down the line, they didn't feel like they were seeing the return that they had expected from this investment. And this guy just hated, he hated that bill. <laughs> So I was like, okay, well, look, if you want to knock this one out, let's knock it out. 
And he just felt so much better once it was gone, right? Because it was almost like this constant reminder of, you made this bad decision. You Mm -hmm. made this bad decision. Now, I'm not making a blanket statement about solar panels or anything else like that. You know, it was just for this particular guy, he didn't feel like in his particular situation, he thought that that was a bad idea and it just bothered him. So there may be a debt like that for you. So maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe that debt that you hate needs to be at the top of your list. So if you've got one or more debts with emotional baggage, this may be the one for you, the volcano method. Now, I find sometimes with people, like for me, there was really only one bill. Now I take that back. There were probably two bills that really bothered me. It was that Dillard's bill. And then I had this... um consolidation loan Mm -hmm. where I had consolidated a bunch of stuff. And then I went and like charged credit cards back up. Mm. (laughs) And I hated that consolidation loan because it was one of those um, lending places that you find in like the strip malls, little shopping malls, you know, the, the strip mall financiers. I don't even think it's around anymore. It was called the associates. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) And and when I looked at the interest rate, I mean, it was like, I might as well have gotten a loan from the mob because that's kind of how it felt because it was like 32% interest. That's that's the first thing I thought of when he said, (laughs) hey, come into the associates. We got you covered. Uh, Here's the thing. Every Tuesday, we're going to show up at your house. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's all I could think of when you said that. That's what it felt like. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) So that was the second one that I tackled. But then after that, the other debts that I have, I didn't really feel a strong emotional charge. So I then switched over to the debt snowball. And that's the other point that I want to make is that sometimes we might start with one particular method, and then it might make sense later to switch to another one. So it's not like, oh, once you commit to doing the debt snowball, then that's it, you're done you're committed to this plan and you can't switch it around because the truth of the matter is I switch it around all the time with my clients Mm -hmm. based off of what makes sense financially and what's satisfying to them emotionally. And we kind of, a lot of them, we do this hybrid of, okay, it makes sense that we pay off this one first. You know, you hate this one. Let's get that one gone. Then let's take a look and see, you know, what makes sense after that. Excuse me. Yes, you. Thank you so much for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at www.christinelukin.com. And all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. I'm so So, glad you brought that up because... Because that's ex- I was going through this as you're as you're speaking. This is exactly what my wife and I did, and and it was all honestly thanks to her. We did the first two, right? So the avalanche method and the snowball method. Mm-hmm. Snowball method because we both like seeing the small debts go away, and it was like high five, way to go, we've done it, yep. right? Uh, yes. But for my mathematical mind, I, I said, babe, we've got to get this one gone. I mean, this is, this is, I think it was like 21% or 22%. Mm-hmm. We've got to get this one gone as soon as humanly possible. So what she was doing is she was basically 
putting a lot toward the little one to try to knock out some as we were going and then almost like splitting all the extra half between the very top one that I wanted gone and half between the bottom ones, which we both wanted gone so we could see progress. So I think that's perfect that you brought that up. Yeah. Well, and I I love that that you mentioned that because sometimes when you're in a relationship, what's emotionally motivating to you Mm -hmm. and emotionally motivating to your spouse might be two totally different things. So having a hybrid plan might actually make the most sense. Now, it might take a little more math and a little more number crunching, but if you've got somebody in the relationship that likes doing the number crunching like you, then, you know, it's it's not too hard to figure out. Yeah. So the fourth way is the cash flow method. And this is when we focus on paying off the debt with the highest monthly payment. So, for example, I had a client probably about four years ago who he had a car payment that was close to $500, which, of course, now that doesn't seem that high (laughs) with inflation. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, when we looked at the money that was going out and we looked at their list of debts, that one was the one that had the highest monthly payment on there. And they were expecting a tax refund. And he was like, man, if we could knock this this one out, then we've we've basically reduced the amount that's going out by 25%. You know, so even though it's like they had 10 or 12 debts on their list, this mm-hmm. car payment was like 25% of the payments that were going out. So it just made sense, even though you know, it wasn't the smallest, it wasn't the smallest interest rate, it freed up the most cash flow. Mm. So if someone is in a situation where they really feel like cash flow is tight from month to month, this can offer immediate relief for them. And then they can switch over to a different method if they want to, right? So if they knock out one or two that have a really high payment, and in the instance of the car payment, he only had like four or five car payments left. So he was at the end of the loan. So it didn't really have a high balance, but it had a high payment. So that may be a good idea if cash flow is tight, or this is also a good one for people who have variable income. I'm self-employed. My income changes each and every month. One of the things that my husband and I did before I started my business was we paid off all of our debt except the house, but we also refinanced our house to get our payment as low as possible because Mm -hmm. we wanted to keep that monthly expense number as low as possible. Sure, we could always increase our spending when we had good months. But we wanted to have like our worst case scenario of these are our operating expenses for our home to be as low as possible because we knew that my income was going to go up and down like a roller coaster, as Mm -hmm. it does for a lot of people who are self-employed. So that can be helpful, too. You know, if we can get that amount that has to be paid every month down as low as possible when we've got a great month, then we can put more money towards it. But we can always you know, shrink down if we need to. 
especially if someone's got variable income. So people like realtors, people who are self-employed, that can be really beneficial. So the the fifth way to pay off debt is called the fair share method. This one takes a lot more math to do. It's different from the others because with the other four that we talked about, you're paying the minimum due on everything except for one, right? You're focusing all of those extra dollars on one. Mm-hmm. With this one, you're going to pay something extra on everything. This is for people who have a very strong sense of fairness. It's not fair that one debt is getting all the attention and all the other debts are being neglected and only getting the minimum payment. For some people, that bothers them. They want some extra going towards everything. So if your visa is 30% of your total debt, you're going to take 30% of your extra money and put it towards the visa. Hmm. This one definitely requires more math than the other ones, because with the other ones, it's like we're paying them the minimum due on everything. Plus, if we charged anything for the month on those cards, but, you know, you're just adding the extra to one of the debts. With this one, you're adding the extra, a piece of the extra to all of the debts. But we do have a freebie for people today, and we're going to put the link in the show notes. And it is my debt payoff worksheet. And there's a tab for each and every method that we have just talked about. Hmm. Plus, there is a description of each of the methods and how they work and who it's best for. So you can take that tool, you can download that worksheet, and you can get started right away. There are numbers plugged into it, so you can see how it works. And it's basically the same example that that we've been using, you know, that your monthly minimum payments are a thousand bucks. You've got 500 extra that you're putting towards your debt, and it'll show you exactly how that gets broken down. So you can go in and overwrite that with your actual numbers. But I think it's helpful for people to see the examples in there even before they get started. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. But like I said, there are some people who they want to pay a little extra on everything. Now, that may be like 10 to 15% of the population who want to do that. I find that for most people, I would say probably the overwhelming majority of people like the debt snowball because Mm -hmm. it gives them that quick win. They can see those victories. A lot of people like crossing things off their list. I'll have my clients actually like print out their debt sheet and then physically cross them off as we pay things off because they really like to see that. Yeah. I mean, that last method is very foreign to me, right? Because (laughs) emotionally, you know, I got to see stuff get done. I mean, and I I don't think it's fair. The credit cards charge credit card company charge you 25% anyway. So I don't care if it's fair to what I pay them back. (laughs) It could be just selfish. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. No, I mean, it's just, there's really, you know, like I said, there, there's no right or wrong answer for this. It's really 
what appeals to you emotionally, because it's what you're going to stick with. And it's very interesting because I've had people say, well, if you use the avalanche over one of these other methods, you know, you're going to save a ton of money. And so I went out there and and did some research and there was a, a pretty major personal finance blog that had run the numbers for the example that they had was $37,000 of debt. Mm-hmm. And they they ran an example of the avalanche versus the debt snowball. The person that did the avalanche paid $300 less in interest and finished 30 days earlier than mm-hmm. the person that did the snowball. That's not a big difference. No, not, not when you're looking at the emotions behind it along the way, right? Depending on how you're, you've, you've perceive things, right? Like the snowball method, you're knocking things out, quick victories, just like you said, that may be totally worth the 300 bucks, right? Absolutely. If you're going to stick with it, I mean, that's the thing. Because if you try to do one of these methods and it doesn't feel like it's a good fit for you, you might end up quitting and giving up on it. Exactly. And that's big. Yeah. So that was actually my next question to you. Is that when you're working with clients, how often are you seeing them really stick to it from day one versus maybe how many times they have to kind of like, okay, I got to reset. I, you know, I, I, I stumbled here. I stumbled there. What have you seen? Yeah. Well, certainly we put some, we put some guardrails in place. Mm. You know, like I said, once we commit to, yes, we're going to get this debt paid off, then I will typically tell them, okay, I don't want you charging on any of these credit cards, unless we decide maybe there's one or two. And sometimes they might say, you know, I want the points, the travel points on this one. Mm -hmm. You know, I promise we're going to pay off whatever we charge. And I'm like, okay, we're committing to that. The other thing is because we're using a personal finance app, currently I'm using mint.com. It shows them how much they're paying in finance charges a month. And Mm. that line has to go into their spending plan. So they see how much money they can't spend because Mm -hmm. it's going to all these different credit cards. And that is very motivating to them. I bet. The other thing that we do is there's a line item in their spending plan for the credit cards and the extra that they're paying on the credit card so they can see that. The one point I want to make, and I don't think I've brought this up, is when you're using any of these methods, once you pay off the first debt, you're not decreasing the total amount that you pay out every month towards the debt. Mm -hmm. You're taking whatever you were paying on the first debt plus any extra, and you're rolling it down to the second one. And then once the second one is paid off, then you're rolling it down to the third one. So in our example of, hey, we're committed to $1,500 a month, as you start paying off those debts, your minimum payment's going to drop. It's not going to be $1,000 after a couple months. It might drop down to like $750. Well, we're not decreasing that Mm $1,500. We're committed to that $1,500 every month that we're paying off on the debt. And once you start knocking off several debts and you're rolling those 
minimum payments into like the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth debts on your list, that's when you really start to see this compound effect of those debts really starting to fall away. So I actually ran the numbers on with the example with all of these methods, and there was really only a couple months of difference between any one of these things. Mm-hmm. As long as we're committed to paying that that amount off, you're going to see those debts shrink. And then here's the thing. Once you have all the debt paid off, then you need to decide, am I going to use credit cards? And if so, under what conditions? I mean, my husband and I use credit cards, but we pay him in full every month. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I pay off my credit cards. I usually make two to three payments a month on my credit cards. Whenever I do my bills, whatever on there, I pay the balance. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if I start to see my checking account shrinking too low, then that's when I'm like, okay, Christine, maybe you need to cool your heels a little bit. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, because it happens to all of us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, you know, what I really want people to walk away with is Pick the debt reduction method that appeals to you or to you and your spouse the most. Yes, it's perfectly fine to switch between methods or to have a hybrid method. The whole point is to keep going and to have this commitment that I'm going to be debt free or I'm going to be debt free unless it's attached to an asset like a house or a car. Now, that's a completely personal decision. Now, my husband and I have been debt-free for going on three years now, and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, our monthly bills are, like, laughable. (laughs) I mean, we we could live on so little money, it's it's crazy, but it gives you a lot, gives you a lot of freedom, right? And we, that weight of debt, it's heavy for a lot of people, and- You've got to go through this process to get through the other side. Yeah. And, There's and no I, way around it. <laughs> no. And I think that, that that statement that you made was probably, well, first of all, it's 100% accurate and, and spot on. But when my wife and I got out of debt, it was the same thing. And we, we haven't, we've only been out of debt for about six months. But to see our monthly expenses, and we're like, why was it so expensive to live before? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now yeah. it's not nearly expensive and we have all this freedom. Just, I mean, as far as just freedom in, within our soul, I'll say that. I mean, it really is just a emotional and soul issue that we're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it feels like you have so many expenses going out every month. Well, when you're in debt, you do. Yeah. Um, but, and then all of a sudden when you're debt free, you're like, hmm, I, I really, <laughs> I could have done with a lot less. So you're like this, the woman from fantastic. the sound of music, you know, spinning in the field. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's I mean, that's literally how you feel when you're like, I can do whatever I want to. This is lovely. That's exactly <laughs> it. Oh, that's I want fantastic. that for everybody. I want that for all of our listeners. All right. Well, tell them, tell them where to go find that worksheet. Yeah. So it is bit.ly forward slash debt free worksheet. And it's WKSHT. So we. D-E-B-T-F-R-E-E-W-K-S-H-T. So we'll put that in the show notes so that you can download that, 
that will help you to uh, pick which one you want to start with. And, you know, if you want to switch between them at any time, it's going to be real easy for you to just plug those numbers into a different tab and, and keep on trucking so that you can get debt free by the end of 2023 or at least a good part of the way there. I like that. That rhymes too. I did not plan on that, but sometimes it just flows. Debt free by the end of 2023. <laughs> Perfect. Christine, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Well, thank you. And uh, thanks to our listeners. Yep, absolutely. Our last thank you, like Christine said, is to you, the listener. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lucan. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Christine comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast. Man, this is the perfect one to share with family, friends. If you've got kids that are just starting their adulthood, powerful stuff. Share the podcast, please. Rate it. Leave a review. This actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Money is Emotional, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. To get in touch, visit our website at www.christinelucan.com or drop us a line at hello at christinelucan.com. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Christine Lucan. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your advisor, tax professional, or other qualified financial professional with any questions you may have regarding your personal finances.